Welcome to Vet Talk with Royal Canin, where we address an array of topics relevant to veterinarians and veterinary clinics. I'm Brenda Andreessen, Chief Strategy Officer at Stevens & Associates and your host for this conversation. Equity, inclusion, and diversity have been a hot topic, especially over the past year, and its direct tie to veterinary industry is critical. We're back for part two of this important discussion. In part one, we defined equity, inclusion, and diversity and discussed the difference between equity and equality, and we talked about the impact of marginalization on the profession. In this episode, we will focus on change. And joining me again for this conversation is Dr. Lisa Greenhill, Senior Director for Institutional Research and Diversity, the Association of American Veterinary Medical Colleges. Welcome back, Lisa. Good to be back. And Dr. Laura Pletz, Scientific Services Manager for the Eastern U.S. for Royal Canaan. Laura, welcome back. Thank you. Let's carry on. Boy, there is so much we could um, break down in this particular situation, but I'm going to start with you, Lisa, and ask you a little bit about your role, because in this role, you really have a front row seat to change in the profession. And I'd love to know what kind of work is currently being done to help improve the diversity, the equity, and the inclusion across the industry. So yeah, we, we stay pretty busy at AAVMC. Um, I think that, that folks have to understand that um, there's not a, a one road kind of, uh, you know, path to creating diversity, equity, and inclusion. It requires a number of different kinds of activities kind of layered on to, to kind of get to um, wherever it is that we're going, right? And so um, so a couple of things that, that we make sure happens at AAVMC right, that we're really kind of stepping up recruiting of underrepresented individuals um, in the profession and really kind of going to places where those folks are and saying, hey, we're here. If you're interested in the profession, um, you know, come on over and let's chat. If you're not, let me tell you what things might be of interest to you. Then we're also looking at the way that colleges evaluate applicants and making sure that there's not an overemphasis on um, some of those quantitative metrics like, um, like test scores and grades and those types of things. Certainly those things are helpful in understanding um, the capacity of an individual to sustain the, the DVM curriculum, but they don't tell us about kind of down the line, their um, uh, ability to contribute to the profession. So really kind of thinking more holistically about that process. Um, then we're also really thinking about for that inclusion piece, um, what does the culture and climate of an institution look like, not just for students, but also for academic professionals, um, and really kind of saying, hey, here's what your missions say, this is what you say your core values say, um, the data show that the, there's a bit of a gap there, so we need to kind of work on some things at the individual kind of college level. And then finally, I think that it's really important for our professional students to have exposure to uh, content that helps pre prepare them to work in diverse environments. So like they're coming out with an expectation that one, the, um, the clinic or other setting, professional setting that I'm going to be working in um, will, one, accept me um, and embrace me, but also that there is a recognition that I have a lot to contribute to in that um, environment. And, and that that person is prepared to work with um, a diverse team, but also a diverse clientele. And so we have to look at every step of the process to make sure that uh, our students and, and future professionals are really being, um, um, one, 
included in the process of being included in the um, in the profession, but also that we're preparing them to be the type of professionals that we want to see. Which that's great because it, it points toward a very hopeful future for the profession. So what, you know, Laura, from your perspective, what do you see is the greatest opportunity to improve diversity and inclusion right now within the industry for those people who can no longer benefit from the kinds of things that, that you know, that, that Lisa is working on? Right. Well, you know, if you think about um, the folks that are already in the profession and perhaps facing that being in that environment where they might feel a little bit isolated because it's so um, such a homogenous, you know, profession. I think we've got to do better and understand what that feels like and make those environments more inclusive. And, you know, we talked a lot about the importance of training last time. And I think um, not only do those things need to be incentivized to understand that this really is um, something that's an opportunity for you to learn, but then you have to take that knowledge and your leaders have to reflect that and make it part of your everyday life there, everyday conversation. You don't just talk about these things when we're, when we're having those training times. It's part of every day. You find the way um, to think about what it feels like and looks like for individuals in the profession and, and make sure that we're working on things as they are today. And then we have to also, you know, look forward to things that we can't continue to be so, um, you know, if we don't include everybody, we're not going to have enough veterinarians to take care of all of our, all of the pets. It's just, it's just, it's just a bad idea all around. So we really have to start thinking about that as well and make sure that we can provide environments and staff and doctors that are going to be able to, you know, bring all sorts of people in to see themselves there. Yeah, absolutely. A good point. You've got to be able to see people who look like you, right? You, you mentioned in our previous podcast, you know, Lisa, about the idea of having people who look like you and getting into societies where um, you can come into a practice and feel comfortable there and welcomed there. So it's very clear that you know, each of you are extraordinary women and you're each very personally involved in helping to drive change. And this is a big topic though, can, that can be really overwhelming, I think, for someone who is in an individual practice. So what are some of the ways you would suggest that you know, our, our everyday veterinary professional can actively seek to reduce discrimination and marginalization and you know, the lack of diversity? What, what, what could someone do on a day-to-day basis? So um, I think that there are a couple of, of things that, that folks really can do in addition, of course, to we've talked a lot about training, but um, making sure that you have non-discrimination policies and that you live by them, <laughs> that they're not just like a sheet of paper that's in the file that, you know, um, is, is just this kind of thing. Um, I think that there is a recognition too that you don't have to recreate the wheel. There's lots of examples of non-discrimination policies. There's lots of examples of gender equity. Um, you know, those are some things that that folks can um, really kind of incorporate into their practice. Um, having a commitment to pay equity—that's a, a you know. This is not hard. (laughs) 
like person A, person B, doing same work, um, you know, same credentials. They hired them at the same time, all of those kinds of things. Why are they paid, you know, base salary substantially different, right? Um, really being uh, making a commitment to take a look at pay equity and really making sure that folks are fairly compensated um, within the practice. Maybe intervening when you see something say something. It doesn't have to turn into a whole thing. It doesn't have to turn into uh, I'm putting you, you know, something into the file, all of those kinds of things, but saying, hey, I noticed X, Y, and Z. One, I wanted to check in. Two, um, you know, maybe tell me a little bit more about what you're experiencing. Those kinds of things. Really talk to people. Talk to your team um, and really build those relationships. Places that have um, good team relationships tend to have less um, issues with marginalization and isolation and exclusion. Um, so really, you know, try to build that team that, um, you know, will buffer against some of these um, uh, behaviors that you don't want to see. Yeah, such, such good basic advice. So, you know, Laura, other tidbits of advice that you would share with an individual? Well, you know, I... I was thinking sort of, um, Lisa's done a great job of covering some of the individual things, but there's certainly this also, this responsibility of the industry um, to, to get involved and continue to provide resources. And there's a lot of great work, whether it's the AVMA and the AAVMC and their commission or the Diversify Vet Med Coalition that was announced at the Banfield Summit this year. There's a lot of committed people putting some things together. And I think what's key there is we do have to have these concrete policy recommendations that we can share. And then when I get back to kind of what you actually asked me, Brenda, is I think about, you know, my, so my days before I moved to industry, I was in a five, I was one of the practice owners at a five doctor practice. And there's a lot of independent practices like that. I wasn't part of a corporate structure. I didn't have that type of support. We really need to think about what resources do we need to provide as a profession to understand, number one, help me understand how I'm doing right now. Like, where am I? Like what, whether that's, you know, check, whatever it looks like, you know, but where are my gaps? And then where do I go to fix that and, and that ongoing training and education and, and moving things forward? But because sometimes people don't even, I think, know how to really assess how they're actually doing. I think that's a really good point. So where, where do you, you've mentioned some resources so far? Um, AVMA obviously is, is starting to really step up their resources. AAVMC is putting a lot of good information out. Where else do veterinary professionals look for that education and information, those like guidelines for how they can make change in their practice? Well, some of it's what Lisa already said. Like it, it's out there. Other professions have, have addressed this for a while. So I'll let her tell you some of the really good resources. <laughs> Yeah, so there are some really great resources. Um, I, you know, be remiss if I didn't shout out, um, take this opportunity to shout out our own podcast at AAVMC Diversity and um, Inclusion on Air that we've been doing for five years now. And, um, you know, we do a lot of content that's really trying to help people build skills to have difficult conversations, to um, learn more about um, the lingo right? And just the language around diversity and inclusion so that people are more comfortable talking about it. Um, 
But there are other, um, certainly lots and lots of different um, kinds of, of training modules, all kinds of things. There's a Harvard um, in Project Implicit um, where you can kind of go and take tests to learn a little bit more about your personal um, issues with unconscious bias. They've got dozens of different kinds of tests. Um, they're all free, you log on. Um, and, and really having opportunities to sit and chat about those. So you know, I do a lot of workshops. I don't do a lot of workshops right now outside of academia, um, but certainly, you know, hey, we're gonna all listen to this podcast. Let's all maybe come back and talk and over lunch, you know, or, you know, a, a beverage <laughs> later, <laughs> after lunch, <laughs> to kind of have a little chit chat about, you know, how did that make you feel? What did you learn? Those kinds of things. Um, you know, as, as Laura's mentioned earlier, the goal is really to kind of um, start off being really, really intentional about providing opportunities to learn more. Um, and the goal is to get so get to the place where that is just a part of the natural discussion. Feels like a good point then to like do a little bit of blue sky. So, you know, what does success look like, you know, in your definition? as it relates to the veterinary profession. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, current data suggests that um, folks of color make up about 11 to 12 or so percent of the profession on the whole, right? Um, we're about at about 21, 22% within the colleges. Um, but, you know, one goal for me, seeing that increased representation go up. Um, and getting closer to parity um, for what we see in the general population. Um, but representation is one thing. We wanna make sure that there's some upward um, professional mobility um, for everyone in the profession so that we're not having folks kind of languish. We don't invite them in and then say, okay, great. You are now the custodian forever, <laughs> right? <laughs> You're, you're on mug duty in the kitchen forever, right? We want to see upward um, progression in, in these careers. We want to make sure that they um, are understanding that there's a wealth of opportunity across the profession and that we're sending folks all over the place. Um, and then for me personally, one of my biggest goals, and I alluded to that in, in, in with the last question, is um, that Folks like me and Laura who have been beating the drum on this don't have to be in the room for the conversation to take place, right? When I am not in the room, I don't wanna have to worry who's gonna carry the water on the DEI content, right? Um, it should just be something that we're all engaged in that we're gonna be talking about because then it becomes a part of the, um, the, the culture of the association um, or the profession to really kind of say, hey, this is important to us. And so it is a standing agenda item. It is you know, just a part of what we do. Um, that makes my job easier. It makes my job easier and um, and it reflects a movement within the profession that, you know, it wants to be uh, the shining star on the hill. It wants to be inclusive and it wants to be devoted and committed to equity. Love that. Laura, how about you? Well, you know, there's th those are a lot of things that, that I hope to see as well. And I want to kind of build on that that last piece that Lisa was talking about. And it actually popped into my head when she was talking about just general skill building around this area is I think I think back to and this is unrelated to this particular topic. But when I left private practice and went into industry, 
and I went into a leadership role and immediately was given a lot of training on how to be a good leader and what does that look like? And I can't tell you the number of times I thought, wow, I would have been a much better practice owner if I had known this then. And I think as veterinarians and a lot of you know, professions that are very technical or focused on certain subject matter, we get to thinking that that's all we should care about. The way we make it part of our daily life and that standing agenda item is the skill building is expected. It's just as important that I know how, how to show up as a leader, how to be, how to, you know, be part of an inclusive environment, how to combat unconscious bias. Those things should be just as important as how to treat pancreatitis or how to diagnose an Addisonian patient. That has to be part of everything for us. It needs to be one big package. And if we have that shift and just kind of how we view our ongoing education from the beginning to the end, I think that will make a world of difference. Love that. Love that. So this is the perfect place to kind of start to wrap up our conversation here. And I would like to ask you each to think to the future of the veterinary industry and based upon the actions you see taken today and that you've mapped out for the future, give me one word. How do you feel? How do you envision the future looking relative to this topic? Hopeful. Yeah. I'm thinking the same thing. I mean, I, I suspect you see this even more, Lisa, because you've been in this space so long. It just, I can't tell you the, the times that I've felt in the workplace and hearing other people talking about it actually is part of the conversation now. We've talked about how important that is several times here. It really does give me hope for, you know, that we are going to make real lasting change, not just show up to the training and then go back to doing the same old, same old. Like, I think people really get it and understand that things need to be different. Sounds like a great, a great final word on this particular podcast to me. And I really want to say thank you so much, Dr. Lisa Greenhill and Dr. Laura Platts for sharing your passion for this really important issue in veterinary medicine, for helping to identify some of the great opportunities to really impact change. Thank you. Thank you.